You want to know why you're all fucked up? What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Hello, welcome to That's Deep, Bro. I'm your host, Christina P. I'm very flustered today. I'm trying to get trying to get out of the house, trying to do stuff, and uh, a million things are going on. There's a there's a rogue rat in my house, which is disgusting. And I like I, I was rat locked today and I figured out what's happening. They're eating my dog's food, they're burrowing, it's disgusting. There's, you know, dog groomers and I uh, yeah, it's a lot. It sounds ridiculous. I'm very flustered, but I'm going to hold it. I'm holding my shit together, man. I'm going to get through it. (laughs) So this episode, I fucked up. I recorded before I went on vacation. So if I'm saying stuff that doesn't make sense time-wise, it's because of that. And I thought I'd posted it, but I didn't. And uh, anyway, so this is last week's episode for you today. And uh, it was good. I liked it. I I hope you enjoy it as much as, as I did, as I enjoyed recording it. But first, some dates. Thank you to everybody who came out to Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, um, at the Improv on the 23rd. It was bananas, bananas, bananas. That place was packed to the gills with with mommies. (laughs) Really crazy and so much fun. Um, Anyway, all right, I'm doing stand-up September 22nd, 23rd, St. Louis, uh, Missouri. St. Jew-tits, as we call it, or no, St. Loose-tits on uh, your mom's house at the Helium Comedy Club. October 3rd, Nashville, Tennessee at Zany's. And then October 4th, Chartlet, Chartlet, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone. And then October 8th, your mom's house live again here in Irvine, or we call it Sperm Vine. Okay, so this episode of That's Deep Bro is brought to you by... Talk space. This show is all about getting the help you need. And frankly, I don't understand why people don't see a therapist. It is, uh, it's been the one thing that has been a major investment in my life and I think uh, has completely turned my life around. Um, and we all need to take a little bit better care of ourselves, and our mental health is no exception. That's why my sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced, licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for as little as $32 a week. And I got to tell you, that is a bargain for therapy. <laughs> you can send your therapist text, audio, and video messages, and even do a live video chat. Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com bro. And as a special offer for my listeners, you can use co- co- Copon? <laughs> Codependent. Uh, code or how about coupon code bro to get $30 off your first month and show your support for my podcast. What is going on with me? (laughs) You can use coupon code bro to get $30 off your first month and show your support for my podcast. There you go. Now, see, in the past, I would have judged myself very harshly. I would have uh, mentally castigated myself for that flub in, in this commercial. But you know what? Because of therapy, I know that I have to 
love myself. So there you go. That's B-R-O and Talkspace.com slash bro. B-R-O. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Thank you so much, Talkspace. Also, That's Deep Bro is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is fantastic because they shop, plan, and deliver step-by-step recipes and ingredients so you can just relax and enjoy all there is to love about cooking and eating. I love uh, HelloFresh for one thing because the presentation is really unique and outstanding. Every meal comes in its own separate beautiful box. Uh, All the ingredients are there. They give you step-by-step instructions, and it really is foolproof. I mean, if you're thinking, I can't afford this, well, guess what? Meals are less than $10 each. I mean, that is what you'd be spending going uh, to like a fast food place or or ordering takeout. Forget it. Just do HelloFresh. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. 30 minutes ain't a lot to have uh, these wonderfully nutritious meals, which is what I also like about HelloFresh and I think is what makes it unique from other uh, meal delivery uh, uh, people is that... uh, They have two full-time registered dietitians on staff who review each recipe uh, to help make every meal nutritionally balanced. You can do the classic box, the veggie box, or the family box. Customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. And new recipes are created every week, so you're not going to get bored. I mean, seriously, think about it. How many things do you know how to cook? I think I make about five things and on my own if I didn't have HelloFresh. So uh, very, very inspiring. So here's what you got to do. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter code BRO, B-R-O-3-0. That's HelloFresh.com, code B-R-O-3-0 for $30 off. Thank you, HelloFresh. Are you hiring... Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Uh, I tell you, I don't know what to do anymore in this day and age. I mean, when I was learning how to find a job or... Uh, what Didn't you just look in the classifieds <laughs> in the newspaper or like uh, a Craigslist ad? I mean, that's not the way to find uh, qualified people, right? Just strangers, strangers doing strange things. This is what is unique about ZipRecruiter is that you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash bro. Woo! Thank you, ZipRecruiter. And uh, thank you, Talkspace and HelloFresh. What a powerful episode. I think you guys are really going to dig it. Um, You know, I went on vacation last week and I thought that I had prearranged everything 
perfectly so that this episode would drop and it didn't. And I'm so uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's part of the fun of vacation is that you, you got to let it go. And uh, anyways, so this is the one I recorded before I left. I, I hope you enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Uh, making it very much so. All right, let's get deep on it, bros, as I fumble and do everything very imperfectly today. All right, let's go. I'm Oscar the Grouch, and I can tell you the only grouchy thing on Sesame Street is my trash can. Ha! We'll see about that. There's grouchiness everywhere. You just have to explore, search all around, and use your senses to find out more about things. There's a whole grouchy world to discover with yuckiness and muckiness galore. There's a whole grouchy world to uncover just waiting for you to explore. You gotta look for the slime. You gotta look for the goo. You have to go find it now. It won't come to you. Touch every flower till you find a thorn. Keep your ears open now for the foggiest horn. Taste every dish for one that is ew. Got to sniff high and low for something pee. You gotta look for the slime. Oh, there it is, guys. You got to look for the slime. You got to look for the goo. <laughs> uh, that is from Sesame Street. Um, my kid's obviously watching Sesame Street all day, all night, and I love it. I love it because he's finally in Oscar the Grouch, who's my favorite character on Sesame Street, clearly, because Oscar the Grouch is basically a, a stand-up comedian, just the way that he lives I mean, he lives in a trash can, which most stand-up comics are dudes, and they live in trash cans as well. And uh, I mean, look, there's stories about David Tell putting cigarettes out on his carpet floor back when uh, I think Sarah Silverman was dating him. She said that. Um, he's grumpy, grouchy. Uh, he he looks for the slime and for the goo. And I just, I've been singing the song. I, I lay down at night and I hear this. You got to look for the slime. You got to look for the goo. It's so funny. And my kid likes it. Thank God he's got a good sense of humor. But, uh, but I, and, and, and I like the lyrics because it's like, you have to go find it. It won't come to you. <laughs> all, the, all the rotten, yucky stuff in life, you have to really seek it out to enjoy it, which I, I think is an interesting twist. Philosophically, I think it's, a, it's an interesting twist. That I like the idea that, that they're encouraging kids to go out and find the, the unique stuff, the weird stuff, and to enjoy it and to kind of flip it around uh, to look for the gross stuff. Oh, man, I just I love it. And then Elmo giggles at the end of that and destroys it. You know what I mean? Everything Elmo is, I fucking hate him so much. I hate Elmo, number one, because he's a people pleaser. Um, he giggles after everything he says for no reason, you know, much like a damaged stripper or porn star. I don't know if you've ever heard, um, like porn stars give interviews, but they have that compulsive girl giggle that, <laughs> yeah, 
the the uh, you know that insecure girl giggle, and Elmo giggles after everything. And then he refers to himself in third person. Elmo, Elmo says this, and Elmo wants that, which is repugnant. It's it's narcissistic and and repugnant. And also, uh, he's a people pleaser. Like I said, he he's always trying to be nice and to Elmo and, and friendly. Like he never has a shitty day. You know, Elmo never is authentic with his being. He's he's never in a funk. Um, he's always on for everybody all the time. And there was a sketch recently that I really fucking hated with Elmo where Elmo had saved up $5 for a toy that he wanted, right? And he'd worked really hard and he'd saved this money and he was on his way to buy the toy. Great lesson for kids, right? You got to save your money and then you're going to get your reward, which is your toy. And on the way to the toy store, he runs into Cookie Monster, who, uh, huge, Cookie's huge in this house too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Cookie Monster because Cookie Monster uh, is the addict, right? If Oscar the Grouch is the stand-up comedian, the depressive, uh, the rotten side of the force, the dark side of the force, Cookie is also a tangential character on that spectrum because he's an addict. He's always looking for cookies. He's always looking for the, the high of the cookie, right? And so Cookie's upset because... Uh, he doesn't have enough money to buy cookies because he spent all his money on cookies already. So he's broke. And so the dumb fuck adult on Sesame street, the dummy, uh, adult says to Elmo, uh, no, 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 sorry. Elmo volunteers the money to give to cookie. He goes, well, I got $5. I'll give you $1 for your cookie cookie monster. So you can, you can be happy and not me. Now that means Elmo can't buy his toy that he saved up for because he gives one of his dollars to Cookie Monster, his drug addict, junkie friend, so that the junkie can buy a cookie. It's lunacy. And the adult in the sketch is telling Elmo what a nice friend he is for doing that. First of all, no, he's not a nice friend. Elmo sabotages his own happiness, buying the toy that he earned by giving a dollar to the junkie Cookie Monster, enabling, essentially enabling his... A fiendy, junky, crappy friend who spends his money on drugs all the time, basically. And Elmo's and they're and the adults are proud of Elmo on Sesame Street. So I think that's a, 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 a erroneous thinking. I think we should reward the child who saves uh, their money, and we should get the toy we want, and let our addict friends figure out their own fucking addictions. And Cookie needs to get into his own twelve step program instead of uh, weaseling off of his friends that are following the rules. Hello, Sesame Streets. And another thing, they have this new autistic character, Julia, uh, and she's only been in one episode. And I like Julia because she's weird and, and she doesn't like to be touched and she she wags her arms around and she's got all these kooky little quirks and she's so funny and, and bizarre to watch and they they put her in one episode and now, you know, where's my autistic character, God damn it. And now they're doing blended family characters, too. I mean, what's next? Homosexuals on Sesame Street? Non-binaries? Black pigeons? White pigeons getting married? Oh, Jesus. Sesame Street. So there. There was a non-binary. There is a non-binary character, I should say, on the show Billions. Uh, Tom and I discussed it this week on Your Mom's House. Very interesting. 
Um, I like it, and I like that they are kind of seamlessly put into the storyline. There's no big to-do about the fact that the character is non-binary. It, ju- it just is that way, and I think it's pretty funny, especially because uh, they are injected into a character full of douchebags, right? Like, Billions is based on these hedge fund guys that are just uh, total, total amoral, immoral, rather. I'm not sure. No, they're immoral uh, douchebags, and... Uh, and very machismo, obviously, very macho. And I'm surprised they're not shitting on them more, which is really interesting. But uh, but it's a good show, silly show. So there you go. This week, uh, so last week, we uh, I discussed my toddler sitting on my lap while I took a shit. That happened again this morning. So don't think that I've given that up. A friend of mine, I told that to, tagged it with, well... I give you bonus points if you also breastfeed at the same time as the toddler sitting on your lap taking a shit. And I thought, oh, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? <laughs> and I know there's a lot of women nodding their heads right now in agreement. Like, oh, you haven't breastfed while taking a shit on the toilet? Where, where have you been? That's standard issue in my house. So I'm still on junior varsity mom uh, level. So, but uh, on, on as far as dog mom talk this week, um, our dog Bitsy's been scooting her little hiney everywhere for like a couple of months. And uh, I took her to the doctor once and oh, maybe her anal glands are infected. Great. We better, you know, antibiotics, blah, blah, blah. I take her back again because she's still scooting. Turns out, I know this is riveting, but there's a point. It turns out uh, she has a rash on her vulva. So here's the best part. She's on three different antibiotics and also, I, yours truly, gets to apply an ointment on my dog's vulva three times a day. <laughs> Isn't that glamorous? Do you think that any of the Kardashians are doing this right now? Like, do you think celebrity moms are doing any of this shit? <laughs> do you think Molly Sims is blogging about uh, putting cream on her dog's vulva three times a day? No. No. Just us regular folk. So... Um, I've been applying cream to my dog's vulva. I've been taking shits with my toddler on my lap. Big day, big news. <laughs> I got an H&M shirt. This is from H&M. Very exciting. Uh, makes my day. And uh, the plumber came by. That was fun. This guy, uh, my favorite is when people tell you what you don't need done. Uh, or they, you know, it's this guy shows up 45 minutes late, this plumber today. My garbage disposal is broken. And of course he shows up late, doesn't even fucking call or text to let me know, which is egregious. I think it's just, if you're going to be late, it's, it's okay to be late as long as you tell the person I'm going to be late. Right. And so he's late. And then I have a water filter system that the light turns red and you know, to change the filter. This guy looks at it and he goes, you don't need that. You don't need the light to tell you that it's time to change the filter. He goes, that's just a thing. The light's on a timer. It has nothing to do with the filter system. So you don't, you don't need that repaired. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, I may not need it, but I'd like things to work in my home. So could you just go ahead and fix it? Because last I checked, this isn't a plumbing charity. This is a plumbing service and I will pay you cash for these things. Um, so I thought that was interesting. He couldn't fix it. And of course, uh, still charged me. So that was fun. But whatever, it's his time. Um, you know, the thing is, it's like these plumbers and these electricians and AC unit guys, the, the people of the world that know how to do things, practical things that dumb fucks like me don't know how to do. 
these guys hold all the cards and all the power in society. And with that, you'd think, you'd fucking think that they would just run a tighter ship. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, if I were this guy, if I were the fucking plumber, and I knew that every one of these dumb assholes calling me doesn't even know how to snake a drain or fix the, the mechanism in the back of the toilet, these people are so dumb that they can't do it, that they have to call me, and I got all the fucking cards. You know what I would do? First of all, I'd answer my phone. I don't know any business. If you're not answering your goddamn phone and it, you're letting it go to voicemail, you're out of your fucking mind, because that's when I call the next guy. So I'd answer my phone. And I'd say, yeah, sure. Uh, you got a problem? I'll, I'll be there in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. And I'm going to charge you a lot of money, a lot of money, because it's, an, it's a convenience charge. And I'm going to pretend like I did a lot of stuff and I'm going to charge you a lot. And then, you know, and, but then you'll feel really good because you'll feel like I came when you needed me that I rescued you. It's an emotional thing. Uh, instead, this dude <laughs> shows up and then he jiggles a wrench under my garbage disposal. And he's like, oh, yeah. All you needed was the key. You don't have a key to this thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> All you got to do is jiggle it around. So you got to get one of these things. So there's a minor repair. Like he's chastising me. I'm like, you are fucking out of your mind. That's not how you do it. You know, a perceived theory of value, folks. Have you ever heard this principle? It's the foundation of capitalism. Perceived theory of value. Look it up. It's the fucking foundation of show business, okay? Why is it that one comic gets paid, you know, X amount of dollars and one gets paid a lesser amount? A lot of times it's based on perceived theory of value, not actual value. Because a lot of times people say, Christina, why is so-and-so famous? Or why, why is this person making so much money doing this and that? Well, because there's a thing where a lot of people get around and they decide so-and-so is worth something, right? There's a bullshit factor involved and all of a sudden this person's cachet rises and they can uh, get these great fees for doing things. So perceived theory of value, uh, very huge. And if I were a plumber, an electrician, a roofer, a pool guy, any of these occupations where uh, stupid people like me can't do practical things and I rely on you, I would be treating you so much better and I would be charging you so much more. (laughs) God damn. All right, enough about that. Uh, let's see. What do I have this week? I, I, I think we're going to kick this off because I did go through Oscar the Grouch today, my favorite Sesame Street character. I absolutely love him. Uh, but let's go to some emails. I thought this one was pretty interesting. And where is my introduction? There we go. Emails. You want to know why you're all fucked up? So I got this email in today from um, Altera, 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 I'm not sure. Oh, this is a woman writing in. Uh, She wrote in, the subject is science for embracing your dark side. And this article was written, uh, hold on right here, by this... uh, psychologist, the professor of psychology at UC Berkeley. And the headline says, feeling bad about feeling bad can make you feel worse, which is something that, why is this not working? I intuitively believe I, you know, cause at least in my life, whenever I've felt shitty or you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or something kind of is in your asshole that day, you know, you've got a little bug in your boot, a little bug in your vulva, the, the, the inclination, at least in our American culture, is like, well, no, you should be, um, you should be jumping with joy every day at, at your job. You should be thrilled. You should be cartwheeling into your existence. And you know, humans are not wired that way. There are days where you don't feel like doing it, and yet you do it 
despite that, but okay, here it goes. Pressure to feel upbeat can make you feel downbeat while embracing your darker moods can actually make you feel better in the long run. According to UC Berkeley research, we found that people who habitually accept their negative emotions experience fewer negative emotions, which adds up to better psychological health says study senior author Iris Mouse, an associate 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 professor of psychology at UC Berkeley. At this point, researchers can only speculate on why accepting your joyless emotions can diffuse them, like dark clouds passing swiftly in front of the sun and out of sight. Maybe if you have an accepting attitude toward negative emotions, you're not giving them as much attention, Mouse said. And perhaps if you're constantly judging your emotions, the negativity can pile up. That's a very interesting point about judging uh, the emotions, right? Because a lot of us, that's that's what happens, right? The, the bad feeling comes in, uh, the gross, the yuck, right? And, and then we want to push that away and go, why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't feel this way. I, I go to therapy. I do my exercise. I I, I meditate. I, I have a vegan diet. Why, why am I depressed? I shouldn't be depressed. I should be happy. I should be perfect. I should be... <laughs> The panic sets in about the feelings. And that's when people do things like overeat, uh, use drugs and alcohol, whatever, gambling, sex addiction, uh, doing everything negative and shitty as opposed to just uh, putting on some Sisters of Mercy and just letting uh, the darkness wash through you. Did I just use that as a personal example? (laughs) Maybe playing some Bauhaus and just getting uh, dark and weird with it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what goth music was invented for, people. That's what the 80s were all about. Well, if, uh, in England, darker. I don't know. Okay, the study conducted at UC Berkeley and published in the journal Personality and Social Psychology tested the link between emotional acceptance and psychological health in more than 1,300 adults in the Bay Area. The results suggest that people who commonly resist acknowledging their darkest emotions or judge them harshly can end up feeling more psychologically stressed. It turns out that how we approach our own negative emotional reactions is really important for our overall well-being, said so-and-so, the professor of blah, blah, blah. People who accept these emotions without judging or trying to change them are able to cope with their stress more successfully. It's easier to have an accepting attitude if you lead a pampered life, which is why we ruled out socioeconomic status and major life stressors that could bias the results. Okay, so um, anyway, the point is I brought this up before um, in relation to Carl Jung, who here, right, it says it on this Reddit article that was sent to me. Carl Jung advocated this very point from the outset. To be in touch with our darker aspects of ourselves allows us the freedom of the full range of experience. Everyone cat- carries a shadow, and the less and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. What does that mean? Well, I've talked about this on this show, Carl Jung, um, and he he's the wait, one of the fathers of psychology, Jung and Freud, uh, psychoanalytic, sorry, psycho, psychoanalysis. And uh, Jung believed in our shadow selves, the, the self that the dark side of our forces, and he believed to be a fully integrated human that you had to accept um, the, quote, the darker side of your of your nature, the stuff that is not the slime and the goo, right? To to go back to Sesame Street because it all leads back to Sesame Street. <laughs> um, uh, to look for the slime. Sometimes you have to look at the slime and you have to look at the goo 
to be able to go into, you know, the next phase of emotions. It's very normal. It's very natural. And the more you try to run from the shadow self, the dark self, the more you get tangled and the more trouble and more problematic things become. Anyways, thank you for uh, submitting this, Altera. I, I appreciate that. Really cool. Really cool. Um, and someone asked me the other day, what is a modern day goth? And I think they're called emo kids, right? Is that what that is? I know that goth, I think goth still exists, but in like a hot topic sort of way, because I, I, I Google, I don't Google, I get on Pandora and I put in goth radio and it's, it's lame. Like, it's just not, it's not, it's not what it was. Like, I think they've overcommodified that genre now. Because I, the stuff originally that I like, it's it sounds cornier than it is. Like Susie Sue is not really singing about like cobwebs and coffins and moonlight, bloody vampire. It's not like that. Like it's more esoteric sounding. And I guess now, now the goth music is like I'm a vampire and I will sleep in my coffin tonight. It's like really weird. It's really weird. It's not, it's not, it's not authentic goth guys. God, who am I? <laughs> who are we? Okay. I have a great email from, I'm drinking my coffee through a straw like an asshole. Um, Sarah writes in, she wants to thank Tom and I for explaining the importance of a healthy mouth. Uh, yeah, healthy mouth equals healthy life. I agree. I I don't know why people don't go to the dentist more. It's like, that's, it's so gross to me to have a gross mouth, dude. It's gnarly. You got to take care of your teeth. (laughs) So she writes in, I just received my bachelor's degree, my bachelor's. Why did I sound like a Chicago person? My bachelor's in dental hygiene in three years. Congratulations. My college experience was not ideal. My nights were consumed with studying and scrounging for people to come and sit for me as a patient. Oh my gosh, that's how you practice that? I've always wondered how people like, you know, um, dental hygienists or hairdressers, people that work on other humans, facialists, massage, like I guess, yeah, you have to practice on people, but you could really fuck somebody up, right? Practicing dental hygienist things. Oh my God. It's dangerous. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, her nights were consumed to having people come and sit for me as a patient. Although I'm excited to be, uh, to be in my career, I'm starting to feel like I missed out on the ideal, um, the ideal, hold on. Why can't I read the tail time? Oh, I'm thinking, I feel I missed out on the ideal time in life to let loose. Now that I'm looking for a job, I fear that I will get stuck in the typical eight to five lifestyle for the rest of my life. Should I be concerned? I like to think that even though I may not be living as the average 21-year-old girl, that I will still have a fulfilling life. Thanks for all your insights, Sarah. Sarah, no. No, listen. Uh, Fucking up your 20s is not a prerequisite to getting your life. It is not necessary. Absolutely not. And I would argue that uh, you've actually gotten your life... Uh, in a really great way in that you just say right here, I have a typical eight to five lifestyle. Fantastic. So guess what? You've got all those hours in between uh, 5 p.m. and when you report back to your gig at 8 a.m. So um, I always encourage people to lock in a great eight to five existence. One that you don't have to work overtime and you don't have your boss calling you at midnight and stressing you out. 
so that you can enjoy the hours that you're not working and so that you may pursue um, any artistic endeavors that you maybe want, any, any other endeavors in life, whatever, whatever endeavors those may be. The fact that you've locked in gainful employment between eight and five is fantastic. You're going to be making a great living. Um, relatively, I'm, I'm, I don't know what your stress level is, but it sounds like it's pretty consistent, whatever office you choose to work in, uh, whomever you work for. And I'm guessing that's a huge part of it is what dentist you work under. I've seen many assholes and I've seen many relaxed, uh, dentists. So I'm guessing pick a guy who's, or a girl who's not a total D bag and, uh, you have a shot at having a decent life. Um, and there's plenty of time to be reckless in 21 on the weekends and in the evenings. And you've got the energy so you can be hung over at work <laughs> at that age. It ain't that big of a deal, dude. Uh, you know, so no, uh, no, not at all. I think you, you did a great job. Some people, and I'll tell you what, especially in this day and age, college is a real financial burden for many, most people, I would say, can't afford college. So it, it really is a luxury for people um, whose parents can help them. Um, I God, I mean, I tell you, I thought college was expensive when I was going. It is a goddamn fortune now. And uh, it's not for everybody. So, uh, you know, there's not one path to getting your life. And I hope, I certainly hope I haven't uh, made it sound that way that you necessarily have to screw up your 20s and necessarily have to be doing X, Y, and Z. You can screw up your life in the, at night and on the weekends. <laughs> That's the point I'm making. <laughs> Don't worry about having a solid eight to five job. Uh, that won't hinder your ability to screw up your 20s. It certainly is a wonderful safety net that you've built for yourself. I really admire that. Gosh, 21 years old and you already have a career is pretty miraculous. I think you should be applauding yourself um, and not worrying about why I'm not such a fuck up. I do every now and then get these emails from from these wonderfully, and I mean this in, the, in a good way, like wonderfully overachieving people. They're like, I'm 21. I'm married. I have a house. I have, <laughs> I own my house outright. I'm a PhD in, you know, uh, in physics and chemistry. And, and, you know, how come I haven't screwed up? How come I haven't screwed things up? Um, it's interesting because I think that people think it's necessary to screw things up. Not, not, ne- no, not necessary. Just people like me who, who had took a winding path is what I'm saying. I, this, this is when I say things like that, it's more to reassure the people who are, right now, currently on a winding, fucked up path to know that that is okay. And it is also okay to have gotten your life early. It is okay to have found the love of your life at 21 years old because it does happen. It definitely, definitely happens. So there you go. Got a update from uh, Katie, our mom, wearing culottes and the Jesus sandals and Target tops. I thought you guys might enjoy this. She sent me pictures of her lovely children. Um, and she sent me an update photo. Uh, she looks amazing. Katie has a... I'll, I'll show you. I'll describe it to you right now. I'll ask her permission maybe to put this up. But uh, let's see. She is wearing these really saucy, cute pink shorts, fashionable sandals, and a lacy, pretty blue top from H&M. Fantastic. You look great, Katie. And, uh, and she's, she's excited. She feels much better. So that is very exciting news uh, to the, the dumpy moms out there, the, uh, the shut it down moms. See, 
You can do it. Katie can do it. You can do it. <laughs> no Jesus sandals, she writes. Okay. Um, let's go to this one. This is from Michael. Uh, this is a follow-up email. He writes in, Christina, I wrote in, and you were kind enough to respond at the end of episode 101. And it was much appreciated. Thank you. At the time, I was just beginning to go through a divorce. Since then, despite trying to get my life, things just keep getting worse. Long story short, I got divorced after 10 years of marriage. I ended up failing out of college as a result of the depression from that. I moved to a cheaper one-bedroom apartment and even got a roommate to help pay the rent so I could still make the minimum payments on my credit cards. But he moved out and now I'm stuck paying the full rent again. So now I'm having a seriously considered bankruptcy. What the fuck? I'm still trying to get shit together, though. I start school again in a couple weeks to become a nurse. I'm rather heavily medicated, but can't afford even a sliding scale therapist right now, although I will eventually. My ex-wife and I were able to stay friends, and that hasn't been exactly easy. But this potential bankruptcy is really fucking with my head. There are so many more details that I like to include, uh, but trying to keep this short. Any advice for trying to climb out of an exceptionally deep pile of shit? This is going to take years. I, I'm just venting, I guess. I look forward to your podcast. Okay, Michael, sometimes in life, sometimes there's just a colossal shit diarrhea hurricane that comes your way. And it usually comes um, in the wake of a major life change, right? Like a uh, divorce, like death, like dropping out, like whatever is happening. It's, you know, what's that rule? Everything comes in threes. It comes in waves. So, I mean, look, dude, I'm sorry. First of all, uh, my heart goes out to you. That's terrible. I can't imagine what a divorce is like. I, I don't ever want to know. And uh, it sucks. But... I think we have to remember, um, yeah, you're just in it right now. And sometimes it's okay to be in the slime, right? In the goo, the muck of things. But to have the perspective that like, dude, this too shall pass. It always passes. It can't get worse. I mean, it can. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it totally can. Uh, but just know that generally, most of the time in life, there's just shit storms. And what do you do during a shit storm? Well, you do what you fucking have to do to get through it. So uh, if I don't know, I don't know if you're an alcoholic. I, forget, I think you may have said something about, I'm not sure. Uh, so for those of us that don't have substance abuse issues, maybe that does mean a couple glasses of wine at night for a week or two until things get better. Um, maybe that does mean a little more Netflix at night. Um, maybe that means hanging out with friends a little bit more to get through it. Uh, maybe that means comforting yourself in, in, you know, hopefully positive ways, but it also means being easier on yourself, right? And not beating yourself up in addition to being inside the shit hurricane. That's the hardest part is that when you're in it, you, the, the, the tendency is to be like, why am I here? Right. We talked about in the beginning of resisting the resisting the negative when you're fighting what's that stupid thing about being in quicksand you know how the, if you're in quicksand the worst thing you can do is fight it right the resistance of that will actually make you sink quicker 
So you want to find, I remember this for some stupid handbook. Remember those handbooks that were popular, the survivors? You find like a plank of wood and then you kind of try to lean up on that, whatever. I don't know. The point is if you struggle, you're going to sink to the bottom. So you can't always resist. Uh, you have to surrender to the situation at hand, accepting all of its awfulness and try not to be too reactive to it. Okay, so you lost your roommate. Guess what? Uh, there's a billion other people on the planet. You're going to find another one soon enough. It, you know it will resolve. There are very few problems in life uh, that can't be resolved by throwing money at. Um, I mean, you know, except, it's, except your health. That's kind of a, a fucked. Uh, you're in a divorce. That's a bad thing. That will take time. That alone is enough to ruin somebody's year, just so you know. <laughs> that alone is a death. You're, you're grieving a death. Um, you're grieving a, a lo- the loss of, of a life that you had with somebody. So that in and of itself is horrendous. And what tends to happen when something horrendous happens, a tragedy, is that it ripples and it creates all these other little area, other other little dramas too. Because you're not really keeping your eye on stuff. You're not of sound mind. So you're making a bunch of other bad decisions. Generally, I think is what happens. You know, uh, you might ignore the light on the car that tells you that the oil is low and that's how the car gets destroyed. Why are you ignoring it? Well, because you've been bummed out about your divorce. Things like that, right? That kind of fall to the wayside. Maybe you have a guy move in with you who's not reliable, but maybe you're not of sound mind to, to pick up on those vibes because you're grieving the loss of a divorce. So try not to, I think, beat yourself up and just hold on, hang in, you know, eventually, eventually, eventually things get better. Uh, and sometimes it does take a while, dude. Sometimes you're just in it, man. You're in the shit. You're just in the shit. And that's life. That's just how it goes. Nobody, nobody is immune to being in the shit. Nobody is immune to it. Um, young people have it a certain a, a certain amount of shit just by virtue of being young. There's a lot of decisions that you're not really you know, equipped to make because of your maturity level and this and that. And that's why the shit hits the fan. And then as you get older, the shit hits the fan in different ways. Now you've got responsibility issues. You've got parents dying. You've got sick parents. You've got, you know, grown ass problems. So it's not as though there's a magic age where things suddenly become great. There's no magic age. There's no magic place to be. Uh, you're, you're here right now. And I always, I mean, I know this sounds really fucking uh, Oprah of me as well, but I honestly think in these moments of bankruptcies, loss of profound loss and tragedy, there's always, and I know, I don't want to say an upside because I think that's fucking bullshit and garbage um, logic, but there's always a, a lesson. There's, there is always something to be gleaned from it. There's always a sense of freedom, a sense of like, well, fuck it. That was terrible. And, uh, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever had nothing to lose? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I've never filed bankruptcy before. Uh, but I have been broke as fuck before, like really broke and really scared and really not sure what was going to happen to me next. And really, really fucked and really not sure about, will I become a comedian? Will I have to go back to school? Will I be a, you know, whatever, whatever it is, man, we've all been there. I don't know if we've all been there, but, uh, I've been there 
And there's a certain liberation to knowing that you're just fucked right now. You know, there's a, there's like a dark, there's a dark thing, at least I get as a human where you're like, wow, this is what it's like. This is what it is to be totally out of control. Okay. I can handle that. Like, this is what it's like to be totally poor, totally broke, totally without hope of employment, totally without family support, totally without any sort of life rafts. Like, this is it, dude. This is do or die. This is the time. And uh, in that, it's a weird thing that happened, at least to me, is that I went, okay, my back's against the wall. This is it, dude. Like, this is it. This is what people talk about in songs, right? But it's in those moments that you can be like, all right, dude, guess what? I'm a fucking fighter. Like I can fight my way through this, right? I can figure out the next step. And there's always a next step. That's the thing. There's always something immediately in front of you that needs to be addressed so that you can get to the next step and then the next step and the next step. And how you get in trouble is thinking too far in advance. When you're in the shit, you just got to think of the next step and just get through today and get through tomorrow and get through the next and the next and the next. It's a very small process. And eventually you'll dig your way out of the quicksand, but you got to go day by day. But it is liberating. I will tell you the irony of being poor and, and scared in those days, in that era, is that I was very free. It was really, really free. Tom and I uh, together at that time, we were profoundly free and you don't see it at the time because you don't have the, the trappings of of, uh, you know, the mortgage, the kid, the, 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 you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And, uh, I like to think of it as a time of rebirth whenever something tragic happens to me or has happened in the past. I like to think of it as there's a reason that things are dissolving. Everything that rises must converge, right? I forget who said that modern, modern, uh, literature reference. Everything that rises must converge. Uh, eventually everything fucking entropies and, destroys, right? Nothing can stay the same ever. No, right? No man steps in the same river twice. Permanities, permanities, permanities. And things destruct. Things self-destruct. Your marriage gets destroyed. Relationships get destroyed. Everything gets destroyed. At some point, we're all going to stop existing, right? But I kind of, uh, I'm so used to that. (laughs) I don't know why. I, I, I kind of like it because it's you're destroyed, right? Like right now your life is in the process of fucking slowly being destroyed. <laughs> and all you can do is embrace it and look at it and watch it and hopefully learn something. But I will say this, and I know this from experience, is that when it's all done and the fire's been put out and everything is calm, because there will come a time when shit will be calm again, that you, my friend... You will rise like a phoenix from the ashes. (laughs) Mythological phoenix, right? The wings burn off or something. (laughs) Some Harry Potter movie. Uh, And you transform. And now you're transformed into a different fucking mythological beast. A phoenix. And you're powerful. And you're strong. And you can fly to the fucking sun. Without your wings melting off like Icarus. And you become bigger, better than you were before because you're not afraid anymore. You're not afraid of a divorce. You're not afraid of being poor. You're not afraid of all the bad shit that could happen to you because it's fucking happening now. 
and you've already seen the worst. You've been done the worst. That's the best part of tragedy is that I've fucking been there before, dude. Like I don't fear so many things because I've been there, motherfucker. (laughs) I'm not afraid of death because I've seen enough of that. I'm not afraid of being poor because I've fucking been poor. There's a lot of shit that when you go through as a person, you realize it doesn't, I don't know if it made me better. I don't believe in all that shit, but I do know that it's made me give less of a fuck about the potentiality of bad things happening because I've, I know, I know I can handle myself. Right. And that's the key to all of this, man. You can handle it. Whatever anybody's going through right now, you can handle it. And you know that, you know that you can rely on yourself and that you will not crumble and that you will prevail. Of course you will prevail. So that you can go through the rest of your life not fearing this shit. And when you stop fearing this shit and stop worrying about this shit, then you're truly free. And now you're truly liberated to go and become successful and do the thing. Because so much of the time, the reason I think people fucking fail in life, and I'm not talking about just like business success or whatever, relationships, happiness is the fear. It's the fear of failure. It's the fear of what if, what if I don't fucking... What if I divorce? I can't get married. What if I divorce? What if I become bankrupt? What if I did, 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 But once that shit happens to you, <laughs> you're not scared anymore. And then when you do get the good things, you really do know, okay, well, I should probably be responsible here. I should look at this differently. I should really be responsible and mature and not let this slip through my fingers. I, I guarantee if you do get married again, it's probably going to go a lot better for you simply because you've been through the painful mistakes or whatever it is that brought you here. So you are, and yes, you are in an exceptionally deep pile of shit and just acknowledge it. The sooner you acknowledge that you're in it, then it's actually the doorway. That's when the doorways appear. I know. I mean, I, I know that Joey Diaz talks about this too on his show, but like there were so many times when Tom and I were broke, when I was broke, uh, begin, you know, starting to be a comic and I didn't have work lined up for, for months to come. And it's always when uh, I was just about to be, you know, really fucked, really out on my ass broke, uh, that that's when the phone call comes, right. Or that's when the job opportunity comes, or that's when whatever comes to support you into the next, the next, uh, chapter, uh, of your life. Just know that you have the resources inside of you. And I think that's the big, the big thing is people are looking outside of themselves for the guidance and for the, the support and the strength. And just know that, dude, you have it all in you. You know what the fuck to do. You know what you got to do. You always do. You know exactly what you have to do. But a lot of us are too afraid or you don't want to hear the voice in your head that tells you what to do. But you're going to do it, bro. Don't even worry about it. All right. And then email me when shit gets better because it eventually will. It eventually will. I promise you. It always does. You know, and a lot of times I think people enjoy being stuck in the goo because that can also become an identity. You know those people? Oh, my God. Those people are the worst to talk to. How's it going? Well... You know, and then comes the <laughs> the list of tragedies and uh, and shit that uh, 
is going wrong for them. And that's for some reason they have no responsibility for, right? That's my favorite of the, the tragedy mongers who refuse to accept responsibility or want to change any of it. Because you know that suffering is some of it voluntary, right? Like you don't have to go to the job you hate every day. You don't. You don't have to associate with the people you don't enjoy being around. There's a lot of shit that's voluntary that you don't fucking have to do. You don't have to do it, motherfuckers. Okay. Let's go. This next email is from Jack. I love that name, Jack. That's such like an old school name. I, w- I love that name, Jack. I, I, miss, I miss the Jacks. There's not a lot of uh, douchey Jacks in the world. But however, that's see, I would name my kid Jack, except for the fact that the, the, you know, the schoolyard taunting, it's so on the nose. I mean, how many times does this guy get called Jack my dick or, hey, Jack off or, you know, yeah, it's, there's endless dick jokes. It's just not cool. No, it's not. See, that's why I don't, I don't name my kid Jack. It's just the, you always have to think about what the kid's going to get made fun of uh, in school. Like Ellis, I know he's going to hear Smellis. Big deal. Oh, Ellis is a Smellis. So, but Jack, I mean, that's a clear, you know, Jack off. Jack my dick. It's too, it's too on the nose. It's too on the nose. Okay, Jack writes, Hey, Christina P. There have been lots of discussions about how anxiety and depression affect people's lives in a negative way, right? But are there any upsides to anxiety and depression? I think there are. Says Jack, East Coast represent. East Coast. Uh, I agree. Uh, You know, I agree with you 100% that I think some of my greatest achievements in life have not been fueled uh, by self-love or um, a respect for my being or uh, uh, parental guidance. Thank you, Bitsy. Um, most of my achievements in life have been fueled by a fear of failure, which translates to profound anxiety and depression. Yes, absolutely. Um Depression, I would say, created most of the music I love. Most of the people I admire uh, at some point in their life were severely depressed uh, or, or currently are depressed and anxious. I don't like the, uh, you know, the, the happy fuckers of the world. I, I, I admire them and I am slightly envious of people who seem to be, uh, you know, really... Uh, really at ease with consumer culture and just enjoying things like finding a new lipstick shade. Like that just made my day finding this new uh, consumer product <laughs> that I can talk about on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think a lot of the world's best music, um, scientific inventions, uh, art, um, everything, everything's been created. I think for f- out of the, out of the need to avoid feeling fear anxiety or depression. Uh, so many of us don't want to feel those feelings that we, we, we go to great lengths and, and achieve great things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't advocate fighting. Uh, I don't, I don't advocate ignoring anxiety and depression. I do advocate alleviating it if it's crippling and hobbling your existence. 
which is why I tell people to get into therapy because a healthy level of anxiety and depression exists. If you're a fucking human being with a soul and brain, um, and I think to try to constantly push that away is not wise either. Um, but then again, you don't want to uh, always be anxi- anxious and depressed either because that's a fucking, uh, you're called a bummer to hang out with and you're also being really victim-y. That's, that's to me like, okay, now you need to shut the fuck up and just deal with your shit. You need to get your life together and stop being uh, a victim here. But yeah, dude, best, best authors, the best poets, the best philosophers, full of anxiety and depression. Best comedians, in my opinion, too, full of anxiety uh, and depression. I mean, and the ones that pretend they're not are even more filled with anxiety and depression. Shit, look at Robin Williams. Anybody thought that guy was depressed? No. Uh, that's like the lead. That, that's the one that you would think, well, surely he's there's so he's so far from it. I mean, the guy was, you know, millionaire a few times over, fantastic career, the wife, the family, and uh, well, fucking Mork from Mork. Mork is gone. Mork is back. Back to Ork. <laughs> um, and it's always the ones that try to push it down that are the most depressed. So, yeah, you have to embrace. And don't you find too that the best art, the best the best movies, the best stuff comes from the yuckiness. Uh, I don't, I, I always love the TV shows that are rooted in, in truth and in, in yucky in the, in the slime and the goo. I think that's where the best stuff is, is the slime and the goo, at least comedy too. I can't fucking watch any motherfucker talk about, you know, bullshit and cookies and crackers and shit and airplane. I mean, unless, unless it's dark, right. Unless it's rooted in the existential angst of cookies and hot dogs and airplanes. <laughs> that's real, but I don't try, and I don't trust a motherfucker that doesn't have feeling, like doesn't, that, that, that's like, I'm happy all the time, right? You, nobody's anything all the time. It's just not, it's not fucking possible. You're a psycho. You're a total psycho if you're trying to tell me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because people are like, Christina, I'm trying to get my life, but I'm sad today. Or I'm trying to get my life, but I'm depressed today. Yeah, that's all part of getting your life. That's all part of the system, guys. <laughs> It's all part of my seminar that I'm teaching here on the show. <laughs> you know, part of getting your life is accepting that your life isn't going to be gotten every day. It's an ongoing process. There's days where you don't feel like doing shit and that's okay. Just don't do stuff then if you can. Do as little as possible. It's fine. It's fine. It's, you know, don't resist the pushing against. Gosh. All right. I cut my thumb. And it's healing, but it's real crusty, and I keep picking at it. And I'm sure that's not how you uh, take care of that. All right, okay. Yeah, well, all right. I got to wrap this up. I got to go. What am I going to do? I'm going to clean my closet out, man. It's that time I, you know, I seldom enjoy uh, cleaning or organizing. It's really, it's not, it's not my favorite. And I envy people who are so good at that stuff. I have a friend who's just so, her brain works that way, you know, like uh, the person who knows how to organize things and everything has a place. I, 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 I had to hire a lady to do that. I heard an organizer when we moved in here. It was the best money I ever spent, man. Having some professional fucking label things for me. I have an area where I just put batteries and it's all labeled and neatly and it's little Tupperware and stuff. Oh, that feels so good. Oh, can I tell you one more thing I did? And then I'm going to go, uh, that made me feel really good. 
it was one of those things where it, it was like the phone charger where I was like, uh, you know, I, I just have to live this way. I guess we only have one phone charger. Whereas well, you, I can buy several <laughs> they're, they're cheap. We can have phone chargers. Well, uh, 20 years ago, I gave away a, a, a t-shirt, a Jane's addiction shirt to my friend. And I don't regret that decision because it, it made him very happy and he still wears it. And he's like, you know, old ass motherfucker like me, 40 something years old wearing Jane's addiction shirt. And I gave it to him, and I, I've been thinking about that fucking shirt ever since, man. I'm talking like since 1997. I've been thinking about that goddamn shirt. And it occurred to me today, after 20 years of missing this shirt, oh, yeah, there's this thing called the internet. <laughs> and on this magical place called the internet, I can buy anything, anything I want from my childhood or from whenever. I can find it on eBay. I can find it on the band's website. And lo and behold, I go to their website and there's the exact fucking shirt. And I ordered it and it's on its way to me right now. 20 fucking years of like, you know, every, every few months I'll be like, huh, I gave away that shirt, huh? That was a bad decision. I really, really wanted that shirt. <laughs> so now I can finally undo all that unnecessary uh, angst about a fucking shirt I gave away. Isn't that something? <laughs> you can just buy it again. And I did. I'm 41 years old. And it finally occurred to me I can just rebuy the shirt that I gave away in my 20s. Anyway, it blows my mind. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but what is life but a series of stupid things? That's all it is. That's all it is. A life of meaningless uh, stupid events and then you fucking die. <sighs> Well, there you go. I hope you enjoy this week's installment of That's Deep, Bro. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for watching me on YouTube. I appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you again, bros, very, very soon. All right. Bye, mommies. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.